0: Welcome to the third episode of this 2023 series. Now today, bringing some serious credibility to the show, we have the uh, winningest, as they say over here, American male squash player. Not only that, Jules was one of the most popular guys on tour, always someone that you wanted to room and hang out with at, at events, and it was a great catch-up, great to hear from him. He's now on the West Coast. For anyone interested, please do check out his, his blog, around post.blog. Uh, some good articles there on on pickleball and uh, and also on squash so uh yeah very interesting stuff from the most successful american player out there please enjoy recording in progress cheers up well Jay.
1: how are you very very well this is becoming very regular regular occurrence
0: isn't it uh well yeah is it uh, is it was it last week we did it I can't even remember I can't remember our dates but um yeah I mean compared to a two or three year break um every one or two weeks is not too bad.
1: See yeah I mean it's sort of typical really it's almost, it almost seems like a fad and you go balls balls out for a for a month <laughs> or two and then probably stop again.
0: <laughs> and that sums up our approach to squash training pretty much. Seems yeah sort of deja vu really. I think yeah, you just get compl- yeah, you, you put in a little bit of work, get a get a tiny bit of I don't know, I don't know if you can call it positive success. Feedback. Positive feedback, yeah, not success, but a little bit of positive feedback and then uh, sort of happy with that really. Just uh, <laughs> con- content yep. content with the content.
1: Well, we've got yeah, no shortage of guests, that's the other thing. People uh people happy to happy to turn up and have a chat, which is nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, for anyone who, who is uh, is listening to this, they might might just think it's me and you, but uh, we we have got a special guest uh, appearing very soon. So, we should, well, we, we hope anyway, should be here at any minute now. Um, if, he not, if he doesn't turn up, it'll be a very short, very short one. But uh, yeah,
1: good good guest today. It's um, actually probably would say it brings
0: brings a bit of credibility to the podcast. If <laughs>
1: thankfully
0: yeah. about, about yeah. time. At least, at least one of the three of us has had some success, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it will, yeah, keep bigging him up, and it's the first all uh, American podcast as well, North American podcast. So, no time zones are a, a bit of an issue, but for, for different reasons today.
1: Not, not today, yeah, yeah. East
0: coast, West coast stuff. Shit. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that could be if, if if
1: anyone knows the squash, that that's that's almost a clue because there aren't that many West Coast squash players
0: around. No, I'll, I'll try and th- I'll throw them off here so this person's got he's got quite a, a a low profile and when it comes to social media which I've noticed recently uh you'd expect someone with uh with his the accolades and success to to probably have a few more followers but he seems to sort of keep himself to himself a little bit these days very
1: humble quiet yeah keeps, keeps his head down which I rate.
0: yeah perhaps uh why he was so successful um anyway it looks like looks like he's entered the uh the studio if he can if well, you see pass. talk of the devil here he is
2: hey guys <laughs> Jules.
0: julian Julian illingworth welcome <laughs> you're uh, right you're straight, you're straight in <laughs> <laughs> how
2: are you guys doing oh good mate oh good it's been a while seriously seriously uh yeah. we're worry I know you're in Toronto but uh, tell me, tell me more. What's going on?
1: What's going on? But why am I here? You mean? <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: it's quite, quite, I mean, quite a, a catch-up. Uh... This. Yeah, this could this could be boring for a lot of people, but uh, why am I here? Well, uh, I'm married to a Canadian, so that's <laughs> the link. she had been in England the last six years, so we've we did the. Yeah, I mean, I haven't spoken to you for a long time ever. So, uh, long story short. Uh, so I ran I ran the Commonwealth Games squash like last summer and then and then moved over to toronto straight like straight after so i've been here about six months now and nice. i'm uh, working for squash ontario and doing a bit of coaching at a couple of couple of clubs so pretty busy actually
2: nice yeah. yeah yeah those a lot of those clubs in toronto are really nice they're i mean they're kind of it's it's got the right i mean the right they're very north, they're very
1: north american
2: yeah yeah, good, good squash culture, good community, uh, and they kind of do it right. You know, it's they're all pretty nice, nice clubs for the most part. It feels like good showers, good showers,
0: good showers, good social, uh, <laughs> social sides. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Anywhere that's got
1: a, you know has a free towel service and uh, and a high water pressure, I'm I'm sold on that.
0: And plenty of IPAs at, at the bar to choose from. Yeah, yeah. Local lagers, IPAs. How about you, Jules? Um, yeah, you're you're the you're the you're the the guest of the star here. So um, guest of you, honor. Guest I was, of honor. I was just saying to Jay,
1: Jules, you're actually you, you know having you on actually gives a bit of credibility to the podcast because uh, <laughs> if it was just me and Jay, <laughs> there's not there's not many trophies there. But uh,
2: well, did you, you guys? Did you guys? Um, I heard when I was listening to you guys talking to Phil that you guys were going to have Joel on, and I was like, I was like, oh. Like I thought, I was going to be good for this show, <laughs> 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 bringing in a top ten in the world.
1: Yeah, so no, it's it's going to happen shortly. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: But yeah you so, gotta, you'll, you'll do for now.
2: Nice. Um. So yeah, I was I was kind of uh, you know I don't know what the format is necessarily, but um, there, there is kinda... there is
0: one, there is one. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.
2: Yeah, Perfect. Wing it and um, uh, put it out there. I was, I was, I wanted to kind of jump into some of my kind of like rivalries because oh, yes. you know, in all, in all the different, um, whether you're a junior or you're, you know, for me to play college uh, and then going on to PSA, you kind of always have these, these, you know, rivalries, these people that you're, you're sort of, you don't necessarily dislike them, but you're, you're competitive with them and it kind of <laughs> drives you, spurs you a little bit. Um, and you know, it just felt like that was, that's one of the the kind of ongoing stories that you have when you're, when you're playing on, on the PSA and it becomes less so when you're, when you're really playing PSA, but cause you're kind of competing as everybody to some degree, but you still have guys where you're like, you just have a little bit more riding on it all the time, you know, whether it's, whether it's like a local, you know, guy that you train with or, um, you know, same country, all that kind of stuff. Um, so for me, you know, being being from the U.S., I always felt there was a little more on the line with North American type, you know, guys. And, and it happened, you're playing the same tournaments for the most part, um, yeah. you know. And so I think the big ones that stick out to me are, are Galvez. Uh, I was just going to say,
1: uh, yeah, I was just going to say Galvez.
2: <laughs> I mean, Galvez, <laughs> dellier, Razek. Uh, wow. And then, you know, some of the U.S. guys, of course. Um, but, I mean, Galvez... That guy, like, <laughs> I mean, pounds. did you guys ever play him?
0: No, I yeah. saw him. I I never played him. I saw him a few times. Yeah, the I think pocket, I played him in uh, <laughs> in win- Winnipeg one year on the uh, the Canadian swing, winter swing. Yeah, but probably wasn't as close as some of your battles. I think. <laughs> well, you didn't win, did you? <laughs> no, no. I think I think it was a it was a handy three love and first round for him, and that was it for me. Yeah, I shouts. mean.
2: Yeah. He was impressive though. I mean, like you got to give him respect because you look at him and you're like this, I'm like, I'm going to beat this guy. You know, you just think, Oh, this is, I mean, the first time, the first time I ever saw him, the first time I ever played him was like under 15 or something, you know, us open. And I remember showing up, I think we were in the three, four. And I like, I looked over and I saw him and he was like four foot eight and like chubby. (laughs) And I was just like, Oh, I'm going to destroy this guy. And then he just destroyed me, like chopped me, and I, I don't like I was so angry, like I just like I did I was I remember just sitting on the court for like two hours afterwards, like hitting like doing solo and just being like <laughs> head head <and laughs> in my, house, head in hands, like just totally 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 destroyed. Um, but you know, we played we we probably played I probably played him more than any other guy. Um, and we had, we had a stretch when I was, I think I was still in college where, you know, you'd show up and you'd draw out of a hat for the qualifying yeah, yeah. and we play each other. Like, I mean, it's drawn out of a hat. We play each other like eight out of 10 tournaments. We just kept drawing each other. Uh, and at that point he was better than me. So it was like, kept on losing to him, like just very frustrating. Um, and then, and then the, like one of the crazier stories, uh, we played in the Pan Am Games, like the the big Pan Am Games, which is kind of like Commonwealth Games. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, multi sport. We were in uh, we were in Brazil, and um, this is maybe 2007, so like a year after. So I'm probably like I'm probably approaching fifty in the world, something like that. Um, and I played it was a tough tournament. Like you're playing two matches a day. Um, so I played, I had a big win over Razik. Uh, I beat Miguel like to, to like break through. So I'm in the finals. I'm playing against, I'm playing against Galvez who had come through the other side and uh, we're playing on this old glass court uh, that they'd like, I don't even know where they'd found this thing. It was like really rickety and kind of falling apart and stuff, but it was really dead, which was nice because I could take it in. And so we're playing in the finals. And in the first game, he he like serves the ball into the wall, you know, like hard hard serve into the wall. And I like swing and and whiff it. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, okay, like shake it off. Like the ball kind of skidded along the wall a little bit. I'm like, okay, shake it off. Like no, whatever, something happened. Uh, like a couple rallies later, he serves again into the wall. The ball skids again. I swing and whiff. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, dude, he's like, he's greasing the ball. Like he's he's putting sweat on the ball on Double purpose ten. and then hitting it into the wall. So I like, I like turn around and I'm like, I'm like talking to the ref. I'm like, like, I'm in the finals here. I'm like, I'm a good player. Like I don't swing and miss on a server <laughs> turn like multiple times in the same game. <laughs> no. Uh and she's like, the ref's like, play on, play on. Like, you know, she doesn't see what's going on. So obviously. Obviously. So I start doing the exact same thing. So I start, like, we're, like, both grabbing sweat off of our neck and stuff and, like, putting it <laughs> on the ball and, like, you know, just slamming it as hard as we can into the sidewall. Um, and ultimately, not, like...
0: Not what the crowd came to say, I imagine.
2: That was, was weird. Like, people in the crowd didn't know. Like, even, even players didn't really, even the other players didn't really fully understand what was going on they just thought it was like getting really scrappy and like kind of weird, but they, they couldn't quite like, you know, we weren't, he wasn't doing it. Obviously I wasn't doing it. Super, obviously. We're just sort of like getting some sweat and putting on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but ultimately it was a terrible, like it's exactly what he wanted because. And he, like, did he win that? Did he win? Yeah. Oh yeah. He won that. Oh yeah.
1: Is it, is this the, is this the tournament where he like ended up like, because uh, didn't he become like quite a big deal down in Mexico? You know, with his like, he was driving yeah, like a pink Cadillac or some, like, something ridiculous.
2: I think he got like the word was from some of the other Mexican guys. He got like a hundred grand.
1: Yeah,
2: for winning. So
0: goes a lot, which goes us, a long way down there. Worth grace Like steps.
2: I'm glad he I'm glad he won since he got rewarded for that. Like in in hindsight, I'm like, you know, I was obviously super pissed, but in hindsight, it's like I would have made nothing more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. Ah, if he made a hundred grand, he got like to buy a Mustang. Like, ah, oh, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah.
1: Mustang and a leather jacket.
2: Yeah. Uh, So that was, I mean, that was brutal that, because, so we finished, we finished at 10 or so, and I had to do a, we had to do like a, a drug test right afterwards, uh, like all the finalists. So I'm, I'm sitting there and like the bus is waiting, like all the players are waiting for me to, to pee basically. And Like I'm dehydrated. We'd played, we were playing two matches a day. Like it's hot down there. Like I can't pee. I'm like drinking water. I can't pee drinking water. Like the bus waits for like an hour. Finally, I I go, I get on the bus, and it's like a it's like a 45-minute bus ride back to the village. And um I probably drank like a gallon of water. So we get about 15, 20 minutes in, and I'm like, oh my God, I've got to pee like so badly now and like i'm not gonna make it so i'm like trying to get a bottle to like pee in the on the bus you know like just just trying to and then of course like the rest of the guys on the team are like like pushing me and like you know trying to expose me and stuff
0: (laughs) no camera phones maybe back in the day
2: no no camera phones yeah um so i mean in the in the end you know these are the kind of things that i think I think kind of fuel people though you know to to do well is you know it's not more you know you, you remember the losses way more than you remember the wins and I think that's what motivates motivates people generally um you know high level high level players and athletes is like the the I don't know if anger but just like the it it the losses are what fuel you I think more than the wins I don't know
1: well, I yeah. certainly rem- remember the losses, but that's mainly because there weren't many wins. <laughs> so it's slightly, <laughs> slightly, different. <laughs> slightly different for me. But yeah, I, 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 I take your point. I take your point.
0: I actually heard a good quote about one of the, I won't say who, but one of the players you, you mentioned uh, already, and it's uh, never wrestle with a pig because you'll both get covered in shit, but he'll enjoy it. <laughs> so uh, maybe, that, maybe that's uh, the moral I of see the story.
2: About, I think
0: I see that being <laughs> about two of those players, maybe not the third
2: one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, Those rivalries that, yeah, you uh, I've, I've been really interested in reading a few of your uh, your blog posts uh, since we yeah, since you got in touch um, and stumbled across your uh, your blog spot which is yeah, about squash and uh, pickable which we might get onto in a little bit, but um, yeah, some really interesting articles there, and uh, seems you've been quite uh, reflective are they Are they quite recent these articles
2: yeah not uh, since COVID I mean everybody starts a blog in COVID or like a oh, yeah. podcast like you guys did <laughs> <laughs> nothing better today right <laughs> I mean it's kind of fun like you obviously have a lot of downtime during COVID in particular but just in general as, as a squash player coach um, you know I think it's I think it's important to think about things and try to formulate thoughts it's easier to you know, like right now we're just talking off the cuff a little bit. And, you know, so you say something, but then it's hard to, it's hard to really, oftentimes something when you're just saying it out loud, you haven't fully kind of thought it through and, and been able to formulate your thoughts um, really well. So yeah. I think writing, almost like writing a paper, an English essay or something in school, it's like, it forces you to sort of actually lay out an argument and, and lay out you know kind of a coherent um stream of thoughts that it's making arguing a point or or making some sort of point um but i don't know i i i don't know how many people are listening to this but i also don't know how (laughs) many people are reading my blog you know i have no idea
0: well in my opinion more
1: more should be really. really yeah exactly it's more for like we're not doing this for the for for the for the listeners really are we (laughs) and you're not writing for it's no you did it for yourself
2: really for yourself i mean and like for i mean what's is nice what's great about i mean squash is such a small um you know it's a small sport but the professional level is also you know of a small sport it's it's very small i mean we we almost know even if you don't know them well you know every you know almost everybody um So it's, you know, if you were a random writer on tennis or golf or something, it's like, you look at a blog, like you have no idea who those people are. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, you
1: if they've got any credibility. Or... Right, or even if
2: they do, you know, ro- locally or regionally, it's just like, there's just so many of them that, um, you know, it's 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 kind of fun looking at, when you look at, you know, Daily Squash Report or whatever, whatever and you just see random random people that have put out, content um you know in the squash world you you're always one or two points of separation from them even if it's
1: yeah
2: um, you know now i'm starting to see people coming on psa where i'm like i don't know who that person is that's you
1: know well that's a sign of age times change times change (laughs) i
0: think think the interesting thing there there is that um well in my opinion yeah you know actually, actually listening to someone who's, you know, been there and done it, uh, you know, I don't know whether, thinking back to when I was young, whether I was oblivious to it too, but, you know, to to junior players or young pros or anyone who wants to, you know, get better, that's, if you've got someone, you know, someone who's achieved something and they're, like you said, compared to a journalist or someone who hasn't actually been there and done it, someone who's actually got the credibility and putting information out there, you know, it's it's a bit, it's sad if they're not, well, not, I don't know, it should be taken advantage of and it really, it really can be, I think. So, you know, someone like yourself who's, by far the most successful U.S. men's player, nine times, uh, nine times national champion, and uh, yeah, probably the best junior player, best college player, and and senior player. You know, it's I would certainly recommend that anyone else who's trying to trying to have any success in squash in the U.S. Uh, sh- should listen to you really. And I actually stumbled on uh, met a guy who I'm sure you know called um, Marty Clark, who yeah. was also he was I think four times uh, national champ, and he he's up at uh, he lives up in sort of upstate uh I think it's either New York or Connecticut but at one of the schools there and they've got a good junior program there but he was saying that and I had it, actually had a hit with him a, a couple of weeks ago uh at Nyack um and he was I used to coach used to coach at the school but he said basically the the boys there are almost like afraid to hit with him and you know it just seems crazy that so you know, this guy this guy's probably 50 years old now but he's yeah. you know he can still push those top under 19s and you know, beats beat probably, I don't know, the guys out who aren't in the top two or three, but, um, but yeah, they're almost like scared to get on court with him. So they don't want to lose to an old guy. And I don't know, I think that's, that's, that's a bit sad, really, if you, uh you know, there's such a good resource there of information and. Uh, yeah. I mean, US, can really US help
2: you. Juniors is, is an interesting, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because everyone's got, you know, there's how many world champions are there that are over here coaching now? How many, how many top 20 players are there? former top 20 players, former top 50 players, um, hundred players, you know, just, there's so many, there's so much knowledge over here. Um, and, you know, in some ways the juniors are almost a little bit, you know, I don't know, jaded is the right word, but like, they just, it's like, Oh, I was on court with, you know, David Palmer last week. And now I was on court with Peter Nichol. And, you know, like they have access to, to the, to the just so much more access than, than the majority of juniors across the globe, and certainly like looking back to presumably all of our upbringings, like the first time I okay. even saw professional squash was on VHS when I was like fourteen or something. I remember yeah. getting, I remember getting this like it was the Canadian uh, Canadian Classic or something. It yeah. was like a five a five uh, five match set of like <laughs> Power Ricketts Boswell. Um, i can't remember who else uh maybe dan jensen or something it was just like i remember watching putting these in the in the vhs and watching it and being like wow this is this is unbelievable um and i i think the first time i got on court i went to like a small like invitational pro event when i was like maybe 15 or something and i got on court with uh with chris walker who was um i think he had been he was over in the states at that point um but he was you know top 10 kind of thing at the end of his career and just doing like a warm-up before you know in the morning and i was just like whoa this is this is like this is intense this is different you know um so and in some ways that maybe that's healthier i don't i don't know you know, maybe like, val- you valued it more because it was, yeah, it was, it wasn't something. Yeah. It's, I mean, it but, becomes special.
0: Whereas. Yeah. I
1: think a lot of these kids now that they, they
0: have access to soap or like you, know, like you say, you
1: make Palmer or nickel it's almost, it's, it's almost too much. Or they take it for granted or they don't realize how lucky they are to be able to.
2: And not be, all of them, you know, obviously there are, yeah. there, you know, it's in, in any junior, in any junior group, let's say you get, you know, 20 juniors in probably in any sport even. That are 12, 13, 14 years old. There's going to be the spectrum of kids who are really into it and are, are on engaged and and you know switched on and and kind of taking advantage of whatever situation they're in, and there's going to be kids who are they're just you know that's just not their personality and that's maybe yeah. their goals are not the same as other kids, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, and it, I was kind of thinking about this a little bit. I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think it's an advantage like would you rather be let's say your situation your guy's situations where you're middle of the pack in a in a really strong group of juniors or it, from a country like England where you've got you've got all these great players and you're you have this pack that can kind of push you and and um but but you're not having feedback saying that you're great you know you're not having the successes versus let's say someone who comes from like for me growing up where it's like oh you're the best Mm
1: -hmm. but
2: but like there's we're not great as a country you know so you get these these like a galvez or you know these guys who are random from from random countries yeah uh, where they're kind of the they're the the standard bearer um and what actually what's you know both can be both have advantages and disadvantages but like yeah i don't know which one is is more ideal really i think i mean like you say it could be a bit of a
0: combination between like your well the environment you're in whether whether you're you know the best player whether you're middle of the pack but the environment and combined with your personality isn't it because you know if you're if you're in maybe not so good an environment but you're really hungry to get better you're probably going to look at look you know find a way to to maybe get yourself into a better, I mean, it's tough when you're a, when you're a teenager to, you know, it might, it might be more down to your parents, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah that is, it is a tough one. I mean, I see, I've spent some time in Netherlands, my brother's a coach there and, you know, that same sort of thing there, a lot of the juniors, they're, they're number one in, you see that attitude where they're number one in the country, but they're, you know, by world standards, it's it's quite a way off, um, but it's easy yeah. to, easy to get above your station. So I think that's maybe where it comes in you know, to your, down to your personality and how driven you are. Um yeah. So it's always I've always thought it's been it's impressive when you get someone like yeah
1: like a like Galvez or Kukal from Czech or uh, like Borca They're, those people are from countries and it was, it, they were just basically like, they were just so far out on the, maybe Rosner Germany, maybe not maybe not Germany but there's those those two, three, four guys that were just weren't really from a squash playing nation but they were. They somehow it seemed like they did it all on their own, and they were so far up happened, ahead of everyone somehow, else. Yeah. yeah, and then I guess for, for, now, nowadays, like now there, I guess Borka's kind of. There's quite a good group of Spanish guys, kind of who kind of looked up to Borka and now that it's a stronger nation, and even and same with Czech, there's quite a few Czech guys now. And but it was Cucal who led the way. South America, I suppose you could almost probably shouldn't, but you could almost cross South America's. You know, there's there's Diego's, Miguel's. There's a few other, you know, a few, quite a few Colombians. Um but uh, yeah, those guys who were kind of on their own, I was I was pretty impressive that they like I was how how do they how do they do it? Like how yeah, do they start
2: a lot of them it's like they they reach a certain level in juniors where they you know they're they're going to the big junior tournaments and they're they're having some success. They're seeing that they they're obviously good athletes, like you know, pretty much across the board, everyone you mentioned there is like a, a good to great athlete. And yeah. then you know, the ones that make it are usually whether you look at, um, you know, they're they're going to have to travel and base themselves somewhere else to some degree. Um, Borja maybe is a little bit unique that he didn't. Yeah, um, I did mean, Yeah, he played a lot of league. Yeah, you know,
1: um, he did spend time in in England, Europe like nineteen, didn't he? But then the rest of the time he just stayed in stayed in Santiago, which is yeah. And he, he did all his training. You know, spoke to him a few times when he, was, when he came to England for leagues. And it, he did, yeah, he basically did it all. Apart from when he traveled for league, it was all, he used to say, solo and ghosting. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty impressive. Because yeah. there was no one else to hit with over there. That's crazy, really.
2: Yeah. yeah. The travel, the travel of PSAs, especially at the, like, you know, the guys who are playing only the majors, you know you're treated pretty well it's like you only got to play you're you're flying into major cities you're playing big yeah. events um you know i was a little bit of a hybrid where i was playing some big events but still traveling to the you know i played a lot of like 10ks and stuff um yeah. and i mean you never know what you're going to get when you go to those when you go to those things talk about rickety uh,
0: rickety, rickety glass courts and uh,
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> was- yeah i can remember uh well, one other Galvez story, actually. This is, I think, this is the last Galvez story. Um, we need. We, I think we need a Delia story, though. <laughs> oh my God! We we'll, we'll have to get stories. Uh The last Galvez, and it doesn't really focus on Galvez, but kind of. I don't know. You must have had travel problems in your guys' days as well, but. Oh so yeah. I was, I was yeah. just graduating, and self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. It was. This was totally. And Phil Nightingale actually plays a role in this. In this, uh, oh wow, Love, just <laughs> tying stuff. it all, tying it all in. <laughs> um, so I I entered this tournament in Switzerland, and I I think it was even it must have been after I graduated, but I was maybe living in New York or something, and um, it was in Lozone, and I thought, oh that's funny, like they spell Lozone different than. Like how I think of <laughs> Lausanne, so, yeah. so I buy a ticket to Lausanne. I, I see where this is going. <laughs> I arrive there, and uh, you know I, this is before before you know mobile phones and stuff, but email is the thing. And um, so I corresponded with the person. They said, "Okay, yeah, I go to the train station here. There's a McDonald's. Call me. We'll pick you up. You know the the club's just a couple minutes away. Not a problem." So So fly in, in, take the train into the, you know, center of the city. Uh, I'm actually with, uh, with Sarah, who's now my wife. Um, So just dragged her, dragged her into this. Uh, I called the guy (laughs) from the, from the pace, phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm by the McDonald's, you know, I'll see you soon. (laughs) Okay, great. So we wait half an hour or so. I call him again and he's like, yeah, I'm here. I don't, there's nobody here. I don't see anybody. And I'm like in the middle of this giant plaza with like thousands of people. I'm like, okay, something, something's wrong here. Oh, uh, wife so, wave my racket. Yeah. So we have a little back and forth, realize that I'm essentially about 200 miles away from where I should be, you know, on the opposite side. I'm supposed to play the next morning or the next day, whatever, uh, probably afternoon. Um, luckily we had like a Euro rail pass thing because we were gonna be there for a couple of days afterwards. So it wasn't going to cost us any money, but we, we get on a train, figure out that we can make it there by evening. So get to the right city, take a cab to this, to this uh, little rundown, um, little rundown motel that was the the hotel for the, for the week. And it's like the kind of place where there's not even a, there's not even a check-in, you know, it's like after hours, it's just like closed. So I'm kind of like I don't know what to do. I'm like I see a few players. I see Phil, you know, don't talk, he comes don't talk
1: out. To share a room with Phil. He can speak <laughs> German.
2: He can speak German, which is a plus. I so guess. he so he goes down. He finds the like proprietor who's like in this in this basement kind of thing. And it looked like it was like it almost looked like it was a brothel or something. Like she came out and she was like wearing this like voluptuous. It was like and there was like a party downstairs. It was like I didn't know what was going on. So we get into our room, all's good, you know. Play the next day, um, and ultimately end up making it to the semis, and <laughs> playing playing Galvez in the semis. And the um,
1: this tournament, it? <laughs> this is a
2: Swiss tournament. There was like everyone knew that if you if you made the finals, you got this really nice watch, right? So it was sort of like, oh, this is this is sweet. Okay, so I'm playing Galvez, end up losing three two like 90, 90 minutes. No, no, the winner, this is right. The winner of the tournament got the watch. Okay. So then we, we play the, the semis. I'm like, I'm like shattered, you know, I'm like cramping. I'm, I end up losing. It's this hot court. And then I'm kind of like sitting there just, you know, depressed. And the, the guy, the organizer comes down he's like, gather around everybody. We've got a big announcement, big announcement. Not only does the winner of the tournament get a watch, but both finalists tomorrow. will get a watch. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh no, come on, you gotta <laughs> be kidding me. At least
0: wait till I'm out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought for a second you were gonna say Phil Nightingale was playing Swiss League across the country, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he, managed to, he managed to drive you drive you to the tournament. <laughs> I mean,
2: he, he might have already been out of the tournament by that point because we were. Yeah, I was gonna say you, you and Phil kind of played many tournaments out, you know. together um oh, that's funny that's funny it's
0: great um going back to but going back to the uh junior days Jules, what so you obviously grew up on the west west coast there um you know how how did how did you get so good essentially <laughs> what,
2: what was the uh, um, was- i mean i think i had i had a good situation I, I mean i was lucky with the situation i had i had a good a good coach pakistani guy who um you know was pretty knowledgeable and was just and was pretty driven you know he had a son who was two years older than me who who he was pushing to be you know a a good player and ended up ended up pushing him probably a little too hard because the kid quit when he was like 16 17 um but the kid was good you know he was he was two years older than me he was better than me until until right around when he quits you know he was a he was a top top two or three in the u.s junior um for his he was one age group up Um, so that pushed me along and got me, got me far enough, you know, by the time, you know, I was 15, I was playing a reasonable level. Um, did you you travel a lot? Did you you have to travel a lot? We had to, we had to travel, you know, not, not like it is today, but we, we would go back East maybe three times a year, three to four times a year, something like that. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit fortunate because my parents were, uh, British um so we would go over to England you know for for winter break and I so I played a few Scottish opens and and a couple of British opens and just had a little more kind of a worldly view of it a little bit more than I would have um otherwise and
1: I've I've always thought you were the best type of American <sighs> well, in, in English parents
2: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah first generation yeah I mean uh you know, I, I, don't know how much it plays into it. My dad, it's not like my, my dad didn't play squash, you know, until he was in his twenties or thirties. So he was a, you know, a C player, but he was into it and, and started me off pretty early, you know, to some degree, but, you know, I, now that I have, I have two kids myself, my, my older kids, eight, just turned eight. And, you know, we already see, I know it's time flies. Yeah. Kids, well. we see kids not, not specializing exclusively, but, you know, we're getting pressure to put him into more intensive, this more intensive, that, you know, and I think, I think one of the things that I really benefited from and that some of the players nowadays, and this is, you know, this is a larger debate among sports in general, but, you know, I played more soccer than I did squash until I was 13. Um, and I, you know, I did track in high school. I did ski. I skied, you know, every year through high school, So just having, having a more kind of well-rounded athletic background, I think is, is always going to be beneficial. Um, Even if it, even if it stunts you a little bit, you know, if someone spends all their time hitting a squash ball, you know, when they're, when they're 12 or 13 or 14, they might be better than you because they, you know, they've dedicated all, there's such a skill component to hitting a squash ball. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want to be the best, you know, 16, 17, 18, onward then you know that's where kind of the athleticism and the the um that's just i think there's a lot of upside to having multiple multiple sports background and um both both physically and mentally and just you know awareness and and there's just so many so many benefits i think so
1: i agree with all that yeah have you, have you got is uh, Roger on the court
2: yet? He plays a little bit. He plays like once a week. He yeah, only once a week. Um, getting when we get him when we can get him there. It's uh, his his grandma sometimes picks him up and brings him over. Um, and he likes it. We've been playing some ping pong, play a little pickleball. He's really into soccer.
1: Yeah.
2: So we'll see. Uh, the good part is I got him holding the racket right. Oh, uh, good. So, and, and his wrist, his wrist is good. So Thank at that point, it's like okay, that's, that's the difficult part. Yeah, you, know, you can get if you can get kids at a young age doing those two fundamental things, then because that's so hard to change. When you get a twelve year old who who holds the racket wrong, yeah. you're like, yeah. okay, tell me about it. We need <laughs> we need lessons for the next nine months, and then we can then maybe yeah. it will be better. And so that's not the most fun part for them, is it? It's trying to change it's that. Brutal. It's brutal. Yeah hard to, hard to, hard to motivate kids like that. You know, we, we at the club, you know, I think the biggest challenge for, for us as coaches, and we're, we're not in the super competitive, you know, we're out on the West coast. Most of the families don't, you know, they're not exposed to like high octane intensity Mm -hmm. squash kind of next door. They don't see it. So, so they're not switched on in the same way that the East coast families are, but trying to convince a kid to play, to go from playing once or twice a week recreationally to, okay, I want to take this a little more seriously. I want to take some lessons. I want to, you know, potentially try to play a tournament that that's a difficult leap to make. So you're only going to get one in 10, one in 20 kids to make that leap, I think. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: yeah. You know, so it's, it's, uh, you know, I think that's what I miss a little bit about being on the West coast there's, there's two things I miss. One is, well, I guess they're kind of all boiled at the same point, just being, being around, you know, the squash scene, you know, like if we, if I lived on, if I lived in New York, like I would see you guys all the time, you know, it would be, it's just easy. You know, like you, you're always running into, you're always having these kind of casual conversations and meetups with, with uh, coaches and pros from other, from From other clubs, and you know, there's events there that all the time. People are coming through. It just, it just sort of, um, you know, you're once you once you leave that area in the United States, you're you're just you're kind of on your own. Even if there's a few other people around, it's you know, you're you're very isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jamie, how many, how long have you been playing doubles? I've been seeing you playing some. <laughs> what's the and when are you going to get trustful? I've trustful told you I've about tried. His, is I'll illustrious, try. uh, I've only played doubles with Trustful once. Do you remember? Do you remember that Trustful?
1: <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> right. So every, people have been asking me to play doubles over here quite a lot, and I just haven't got around to it. And and everyone's, have you played? And I always say, yeah, I played once, but like I played like once years ago, but I can never remember when that when it was. I, I just know I played. Now I remember, It was at Mac, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Didn't go yeah. well. It did not go well. Holy. No. Shit. No. Anyway, <laughs> you might—you like, might be all it right. Was like, so, so for my wedding, we had we had some squash guys out, and we had a little event to like fundraise, so that it made more sense for guys to come. And an exhibition, an exhibition, <laughs> some singles, and then and then some pro-am doubles stuff. A pro-am. Mm, who's the pro and who's the am? Though that was that was the <laughs> issue. Yeah, that was definitely the issue. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen somebody swing and miss. <laughs> Well, so many as, times. As many times. That,
0: well, well, you, more you, than, you, you, yeah, more than you. against Yeah, more than you against
2: Galbraith. It was about, it was, yeah, it was probably similar. I
0: thought you'd be all right, Trezor, with your tennis background, you know, but you've been quite a good all-around racket I, racket I, I think what's happened is I've, I've blanked, you
1: know, blanked <laughs> to that out of my mind completely and you have just sort of triggered with a flashback <laughs> to, I can remember, yeah, I can, I can remember, like, I can remember the court now.
0: It's just around the corner, isn't it? Around the
1: corner. Yeah, from
2: the- right around the corner, yep. Yeah, I mean if, if it was yeah.
0: wedding it was wedding week, maybe it had a you know a few a few beverages the night before or something. <laughs> well pro- probably, but that's
1: not. I mean that's not an excuse, is it? <laughs> there's no way I can blame should I, still no be, way I can blame should still that. still be yeah. making contact, really, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, there was there was a a bit of doubles, just some some squash, wasn't there? And then well, that was the um I remember you, films like one of the first um, oh, yeah. series for squash skills. Jethro brought his, his like yeah, basically yeah, just yeah, one yeah. man and a camera at that point. And you did a maybe yeah. you and Kempi, did you do a bit of filming for that was like one of the original videos on the website. You know, I was, saw, like, was, I was that
0: on the, was that the lob serve? I saw that in
2: preparation. It it for lob serve. There was something on like nutrition. There was something on a lunge. Yeah, there was a few. <laughs> few <that laughs> on lunge. Yeah,
1: I, rem- I remember Jethro like yeah really trying to you know get his money's worth
0: while he yeah, while
2: he was I mean, there. That, that was funny. Yeah. Well, um done, done well. Double doubles is really fun.
0: You play yeah see so you play obviously Jills.
2: Um I haven't played much I actually played a tournament just recently like a, a West Coast amateur tournament at, that was at our club. Uh oh. first time I'd played in a while. Um but I the last the last year or so that I was in New York I was playing I played with Callus um for some tournaments he obviously wasn't as good as he is now but um i played with zach a couple tournaments it's super fun i mean yeah and the just the events are i mean as you know they're at nice clubs it's it's fancy it's 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 fun um i did play one have you been to min uh minnesota to play jamie no not yet no they
0: I think is that was Adam Buse. I don't know. You may may not know, but I, yeah, Buys based... out there now. Yeah. Um, it's
2: a different club than there used to be one, like an invitational out there that they also had a PSA at yeah. um, called the Commodore Club, and that was actually the first time. This this was that was the first time I lost to to Gordo. I was like right at the tail end. I lost to him three uh, two. He was actually playing well. Like he went through a little phase there in like 2000. I don't know 2013 2014. Yeah where he was like, he became, he put it together. He put all the, he put it together for, for a moment there. um, And was like really tough to play against. Just like he, he, he always was like awkward and like blocking and doing all this, like, you know, just being big and stuff, but it almost like worked against him a lot of times he would like just get himself in these weird situations. Um, But he went through a phase there where he really figured it out and he was, he was tough. Um, But so that was the first time I lost to him. I remember we played, and I was cramping up in the fifth. <laughs> uh, ended up.
1: Seems to be a theme, like, be a theme
2: Well, yeah, dude. I, like at about ninety minutes, I just start cramping up. I don't know. <laughs> you're getting uh, there. You're getting there. You're all right. Uh, yeah, I need like I needed to start drinking some Pedialyte or something. Um, But I was playing in the I was playing in the singles and then also the doubles. So after I finished my match with Chris, which was delayed and stuff, we were way behind, I get off court and I'm supposed to play. Like my doubles match was supposed to have started like half an hour before. So the guys were waiting for me. And I'm like, I'm like, literally I'm cramping as I walk off court on the singles and I have to play this doubles match. Um, and it was kind of invitational. So I was playing with, um, Alex Goff, which was, which was bizarre. He was out there for it. <laughs> um, and so we start off the match and I'm like, I'm like, dude, you got to cover a little bit for me. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm starting, uh, you know, I've, I have a match in me and I'm, I'm hurting and you can see that. So he, he, we're playing and he, you know, he's running around, scurrying around. He's played doubles a little bit, but he's not great, but he's figuring it out. And I'm kind of getting, you know, in between games I'm drinking Cokes and I'm like, I'm getting a little bit back into it. I'm starting to feel a little better. And then by the time we're done, we end up losing. I think three two, but, but Alex minutes, starts cramping minutes. up. <laughs> like in the in the in like the fourth or fifth, he starts his hand starts cramping up. Have you ever had that where you're like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't like grip your, racket, you you're know,
0: tr- trouble at that point, yeah.
2: It just I just remember him like in the middle of a doubles rally. He's like he calls out. And he's like Julian, I can't, I, can't, I can't hold my racket. <laughs> <laughs> like and wants me to go and cover cover all all of his shots. Yeah. Like, well
0: Maybe uh maybe you and you two could you know get together and uh
2: join the tour then. If, if uh, you
1: Illingworth Trustwell, watch out.
2: <laughs> uh I mean 10, I wish no they more, if they had some more double stuff on the West Coast, I would be I'd be into play a little bit. I mean yeah I've been up to Vancouver for an invitational a few times. I mean, I know there's one in Denver, like, is it this weekend? Maybe? Yeah, I think it's a mix. The, yeah, mixed, yeah.
1: It's a mix one.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Even Denver is like, it's like a two and a half hour flight for me from here. Yeah. 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 It's probably
0: the last, no, you don't want to be doing the tour, do you? I mean, that's, that's why it's so good being here. Obviously yeah, it's just, so nice. Yeah, it's like everything's
2: of... within Boston to Baltimore.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it actually seems to be even less than that at the moment. Um, yeah, really is like New York, New York, and, New York, and Greenwich, basically. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good. You can work in the afternoon and then uh, go and play a match in the evening. It's like, yeah, it's but like the good old league days almost. But um, but, more, but but more lucrative. But yeah, well, a lot more lucrative. Yeah, actually,
2: um, actually, and, well, and well, so much more. So much. Just the vibe is so different. I mean, yeah, like I just remember, you know, twenty minutes before the mat, your match is scheduled. You'll just have all four players like in the shower, like taking a hot shower. the
1: boys warming up.
2: Old boys warming up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in like this, you know, I don't even know, these super nice showers, like you said, water pressure, just light like pressure, pressure, filling yeah. in there for like five, 10 minutes. I mean yeah, I mean uh, Clinton and I we we managed to win a
0: tournament at, uh, in December and it it's pro- I mean easily the best tournament uh, just in terms of experience like from the moment we got there where you know it felt like it's, it's a uh, club in Wilmington and they'd had wow, uh, P- they had a PGA tournament that uh, golf event there not long before and had like McElroy and uh, you know all like top names and you you really did pretty much got the same treatment which obviously to us felt you know we c- can't believe the fact we're getting like you know get- getting given our own locker in the changing rooms and you know <laughs> just they
1: not, yeah did they not realize that they could treat you like shit and you wouldn't care
0: <laughs> they, could, they
1: could get away with it they could get away with a, a lower level of service and you wouldn't even notice <laughs>
0: <laughs> and maybe they just felt bad for us i don't know but, yeah uh, yeah i mean we uh, sympathy sympathy service it couldn't have been couldn't have been any better really yeah it was uh it was great so yeah, we'll, we'll be getting back to that. Jules, are you so what are you doing?
1: Are you coaching a bit, but not like what are you what are you doing full I'm sort of today?
2: part-time. I coach about I would say 20 hours a week kind of thing. Not not on court, but like at the club 20 hours a week. Um yeah. yeah, I was doing I was doing some real estate stuff, some like construction, you know, buying, fixing, flipping, developing some little stuff. I haven't done that since the beginning of COVID. Um but in some ways I'm, I'm very happy with that i'm i was kind of burning the candle on both ends there for a little bit like in terms yeah. of coaching and and like you know the, the house that i'm in right now we we bought and like totally totally demoed and and renovated it for a year um and that was like that was a brutal year so that was that was just before covid so yeah. I'm i'm very happy to to be just doing
0: kind of a few of, lessons did did a few, of few, few lessons
2: a few clinics um and and play some pickleball you know relax yeah. a little bit look you know it's it's also you know to some degree the kids are getting to the age where it's it's really fun to do sports stuff with them and and learn you know just you know kind of go through the learning experience on um with them and and enjoy that process so it's it's fun, but sometimes, sometimes it's really nice to get away for a pickleball tournament. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> or yeah. a double squash tournament potentially. Um, From your blog yeah, I'm actually good. going to New York in uh, in May for a pickleball tournament. They wow. have one that they um, they take over uh, Flushing, where the U.S. Open Tennis is. Oh, really? So they restripe all the you know they restripe it all for pickleball, and wow. for that week or whatever they. Um, they so i'm i'm really looking forward to that i haven't been to the east coast since covid so oh. i'm i'm really excited about that so are you uh
1: is, like what's what's your level in pickleball you-
2: um i'm i mean i play some pro events but i wouldn't really call myself a pro you know i'm just not playing enough to be that and and physically i can't really do it you know um if i play more than twice a week i just feel i feel my <laughs> knees my back like yeah um but so you know i'm playing at a good level but i'm just not playing enough to and and there's there's a bunch of young guys coming in i mean the sport is changing so much in the last three years you know is
1: that that how long you've been playing it for
2: yeah i started at the beginning of covid like a lot of people i mean yeah um so even if you're a good tennis even if you're like a really high level tennis player like it's going to take you a year to be playing at even a a low pro level and nobody's just coming on and like day one, they're chopping people up. It's just, you know, it's, it's not like tennis or squash where you have to spend years and years, like perfecting your technique and, and striking the ball in the exact way, but it's, it just takes enough. It's going to take a lot of reps to get fluent with, with the day. It's kind of like if you started playing double squash, like you're going to have to spend a hundred hours before you're even.
0: Well, wow. (laughs)
2: <laughs> maybe for you,
0: maybe for you, maybe 150 for you.
2: I don't know, I think. I mean, I mean, think about the doubles. It's interesting. Like, I remember, I remember John White when he first started playing doubles, everyone was like, oh man, he's going to be so good. Like, it's not yeah. going to be even fair. Like he's going to be, yeah. you know, and he was, he's good. You know, he got, he got good, but he wasn't like, he wasn't amazing. Yeah. You know, same with, I mean, John Power was like, he was he's not bad, but he's not great. Um, even, I mean, even Cam is now, and Cusk, like they're figuring it out and they're good, but it's taken them a little while. You know, it's not like it's yeah. just, um, so someone like Callis or even Monik, Ben Gould, Damian Mudge, like those guys weren't, weren't like amazingly high level singles players, yeah. but they're good enough. And then, and they have the right frame for it. They have the right, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's similar, but it's different.
0: I think all those guys, well, like I say Manet, uh, that those guys have they've been, or may, you know, at some point they've been very driven to like improve themselves, are not they, and really like learn the game and you know take. So whereas I think some of the singles players, like say I've chatted with Power about it, and he he just he doesn't really enjoy it. He like he likes a pro but or a member guest, yeah. or whatever. But uh, he he's not, yeah, he's not really interested in and yeah. playing for two hours and uh and i guess just, you know same for that if you if you're not really looking to push yourself and like you know it, it does come down to like doing solos and you know getting loads of practice matches in all and striking
2: of, you know. i mean so much of doubles is just ball striking can you can you yeah. strike it pure um yeah. so that timing is just takes a long time yeah
0: yes yeah, yeah it's been fun
2: you guys have um you guys have anything that jumps to mind of like really terrible travel, travel uh, situations that has happened to you over the years? What's, I've listened to, I think I've listened to probably all of your guys' stuff. Uh, yeah, and I can't, probably, I can't recall it. Probably,
1: probably covered it, but yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of missed flights and, you know, just general, um, general lack of planning or lack of, uh, you know, just general thought of well, actually we should have booked somewhere to stay before we get there, or you know, or you just assume that's the you know something or something will be there, and it's not. <laughs> um, nothing. There's never been a, an absolute disaster, but there's been stuff where you know sleeping at train stations or airports. That's happened yeah. to me. The probably one of the worst, the worst ones I had was at the league. I played like a challenger tournament in Switzerland. It's like on the Swiss German border, and um it was like. I'd, I'd gone there because I thought potentially there might be some easy, I can't remember, it was when the challenge, you got like 10 points for winning a challenge or something like that, and um, seven and a half for runner-up, four, four and a half points for semis, which, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's a ridic- ridiculously small amount of points, but I think it was it was one of the first tournaments, you know, we were right at the bottom of the rankings, so four and a half points or 10 points, yeah, that's, you know, that could actually, it be, could, be, could go up 100 places with that sort of, that sort of points. And I um turns out it wasn't really a, a weak draw. But like uh Nicky Muller was playing, he was obviously a bit younger, but he was on his way up and Andre uh, Andre Holderega was the Swiss number one. Mm-hmm. And then, so they were like the top two seeds. So I lost uh, I lost in the semis to Holderega I think. And I think he just maybe I think he maybe beat one three two in the final. So it was just before Muller, but Muller was obviously pretty pretty decent already. Um and I I was flying because it was on the sort of border of switzerland and germany i was flying actually flying my return flight was from the german airport so i had to get a train it was about an hour or hour and a bit on the train but it was later it was late at night and my plan was the the plan wasn't great in the first place my plan was to sleep at the airport um and that so that but i was like I was happy to do that because it was one of those flights it was like a 5am flight so I thought if I get to the airport 11 o'clock or whatever I can just have a few hours in the airport I'll be fine I got the train the train got to the airport I got off the train and the airport was shut it was one of those cause it was a <laughs> tiny airport it's shut at night it was, I was like oh my god what am I going to do here so I, I got on the I think I got the train and, and the station wasn't a station it was just literally a platform and it, so it wasn't it wasn't like I go into the station and wait. So I got back on a train to go back the other way and got off by the next like, proper station. So I thought maybe I could kind of um you know I could I could rest in there, at least be inside. If this was in the winter, it was like November, it's free freezing cold. And then I got I got to the station and they were shutting the the base. I I was in the station for about half an hour, an hour maybe, and then everyone who was in there, they got kicked out because they were locking the station at night as well. So in the end, I ended up sleeping on a bench outside the train station and it was it was so cold and I had nothing, um, the only thing I had to keep me warm was was my wet towel that I'd um, <laughs> just showered with at the club. So I, I sort of used that as a slash pillow to, it oh was uh, just horrendous. And, and then obviously I was had to be on like the first train at like 4 a.m. Um, to get the flight out of there. But that was probably the worst, probably, probably the coldest I've ever been, I would say. <laughs> Um. Yeah, just really, really poor planning. I didn't. I didn't have. There, there, I don't think there were any hotels around. But I didn't have like money for a hotel anyway. Um. So I just, you know, just got to, yeah, just rough it for
0: for a night and and
1: try and put it out of your mind. Really, after that,
0: <laughs> onto uh, bigger and better things. Um. Uh. One of mine. It was. It was not not crazy, but uh. I'd say disappointing was um. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and to be honest, I, I you know, if I, if I knew now what knew knew that I knew then what I know now, um, well, I should have got in touch with you probably at the time, Jules, because you'd have been there, but um, well, you'd at least given me a few tips. But I was, uh I played some tournaments down in South America, and I'd, I'd actually, it was the two tournaments that I, I well, the first time I ever won, and I won one for the week after, which was in Brazil, and uh, I was flying back to the UK by uh by new york um and my my flight i think i arrived in new york at like 10 p.m and uh, i was flying out the next morning or whatever and i'm i fly out early the next morning thinking oh you know i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna waste the you know the prize money on uh on a, an expensive new york hotel but you know this first i think it was the first time i would ever been to new york as well i was like well it's you know the city that never sleeps i mean you know getting at 10, you it's ten be fine in just, just in time
1: at be... 10 p.m
0: It'll be absolutely fine, and as I said, you know, I'd be all right these days. Um, but <laughs> I remember thinking, I remember thinking, well, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you just got to you know head into Midtown, right? So uh, I've I've got into Midtown at about <laughs> mid midnight or something like this, and I'm like you know just basically roaming the streets with my with my Harrow wheel bag here just i don't know what I was expecting just wheel, just it wheel
2: <laughs> sounds my... great until you until you also mention that you have your giant wheel bag with yeah, you
0: yeah well yeah so that wasn't that wasn't great but uh just sort of
1: aimlessly wheeling wheel, wheeling, wheeling that into a dive bar yeah
0: i mean there's well <laughs> Oh, dude well, those
2: travel those travel bags like what were we all thinking with those giant those giant, i, like, I should have just this giant dunlop one with the little pull out handle <laughs> <laughs> you're like for like i don't know seven years on tour like what were we thinking not not great no if you're if you're looking to you know be be, be
0: free, fancy free in the city but oh my also my other mistake there this was before you know google maps and you know starring in your favorite bars and whatever but as i say i pretty much headed to like grand central and i had no idea what i was doing and i, I sat i ended up sat in a deli with a, like a can of like a, a bottle of corona just just in a deli like didn't even, what, didn't even find the bar. I mean, I, I don't know how i managed mind. that, but. Oh, this is what really, we talk about. This really desperate really stuff. Really and I, And it was nice. It was warm. So and I think the rest of the time, like, even the deli shirt. And I just basically end up sat on nice. my, sat in my like wheel bag with like a six pack.
2: Celebratory uh, <laughs> drink on your way home from your Victor, victorious yes. tournament. Yeah. That's not,
1: not quite, not quite what you were imagining for your first night in New York.
0: No, it was no. I really should have got in touch with a local there to uh, to get a few tips. You know, headed down to the West Village or Lower East Side or something. But and you probably would, would have spent clues.
2: more than you would have spent on the hotel if you'd done that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, at least it, it would have been a better story than that, I suppose. But yeah,
2: um, very good. <laughs> um, I guess the only other things that I that I uh, you know that come to mind. Um, hey, did you guys? See, oh, by the way, did you guys see? Did you guys see that um, college squash clip, like from a day or two ago, where the pen guy got disqualified? Yeah, so it. Yeah, no, I missed that. That's brutal. <laughs> poor uh, Gilly. I can't imagine this. Yeah, poor Gilly. Well, uh,
1: it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a conduct match for a star. Yeah. I I don't know what. I don't know. I don't know what sort of the context and what was going on. The rest. Of I the think match it was,
2: was four four. It was four four. That was the decided match to the century match. Centering. oh my oh, really? God.
1: Wow. If, well if 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 that was the deciding match and that's a, like
2: i mean just a little like basically there was a let and then the guy the guy gave him a little push and the guy overreacted and like went into the wall like
1: i mean the like, other the other the other player is like sort of got in the pen guy's face from what i could see he's kind of screaming in his face but like really quite like Really close, and the pen guy's just—he hasn't pushed him hard or anything like that. But it, sort of like get like, away from like, me. But you'd, you'd be like, come on, mate, like get out, get out of my face. And the and the, I think it's Trinity. It's Trinity, yeah. And the Trinity guy's gone down like um, like Jack Grealish, or he's just dived on the floor. I mean, you wouldn't. Like, a bit like Marwan against the Salah yeah. of the week, where you just think, wow, that seems a, a pretty over—you know—big reaction considering you've just been. He has touched you, yeah, but he's not pushed. And the guy's just gone down to the floor, and the referee's given a conduct match. And, that, and then, and then, and then, that's and then the, the guys got, and then the guys got up pretty quickly, hasn't he? Because the Trinity guys have opened the door, kind of telling him to come off quickly, I guess, because they realise what's happening. Try get off the court before they can change their mind, or you know. And the and the guys, yeah, again. mean, pretty crazy. And then the pen guys, like, the, the referee's given a conduct match, and the pen guys just sort of stood there. We just looks sort of like what we, what's, that, what's going on here? Uh, I that that
2: just seems Dana, Dana, Dana Santry is the pen guy. He's a nice, nice kid. So that's And was that the final? Or semi That was no, that was that was in the semis that makes uh, sure. 4-4 to put Trinity into the finals. Um well, I can't imagine Gilly would have been happy.
1: I wouldn't have thought so. No. Well, I mean although he's Ryan's...
2: you know he's matured. He's like, you know, he's he's gotta play it a little cool now. Like you know, he's he's respectable, you
1: know. Yeah, that's pretty uh it's pretty tough though like they got they got stitched up last year as well in the final didn't they
2: yeah i I don't know yeah college squash has to figure something out because it's it's so it's it's the only environment where it's so partisan it's so electric it's so charged like the the whole the whole atmosphere is so charged like you never get that at a psa match yeah. where well, you never, where get, you never like,
1: get anyone watching a PSA match for a start. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, even like, let's say you're at the, you're at a big event, you're in the finals. Like there's an energy because people are excited, but it's not like, it's, it's not a like a, it's not manager. like you're at a football game where like yeah. half the people really want one team to win and the other half really want another team to win. Yeah. like Most of the people that are at a, a squash a pro squash match are sort of like, Oh yeah. Like I'm sort of rooting for this guy because uh, he's got blue socks on and I, you know, like he uses the same racket I use. Yeah. you know like there there's not a lot of people that have a real attachment to their to the pro players in the same yeah. way that you do in in other sports i think which i think is is part of why um part of the part of the struggle that squash has as a as a sport is developing those kind of personalities and and followings more more passionately um but and i can t- remember t- go ahead I was gonna say that was tough to watch. I saw
0: Joel making against uh, Paul Cole today, and it was disappointing to see the crowd there. It was you know, hardly anyone watching. Obviously, it's a great match, for a, you know, brutal ninety-minute match, and uh, there was not much of an atmosphere in the crowd there, which is not what you want to see for, like say, the top, you know, best players, best personalities in the in the game it should be getting getting more than that.
2: I mean, to be fair, you go to a tennis, even a tennis major, you go to an early round match if it's not a an evening match. You know, you go to an outside court. You know, there's usually very little atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly, certainly at a non major, it's like non existent almost, you know, until, until you get to a, a final or, you know, maybe a semis or if you have a Federer playing or a, or an adult, but just two, two sort of random, you know, yeah. random players from, from the ATP. It's, it's, uh, pretty subdued, I guess. Um, yeah.
0: Two Egyptian players might, might probably be different, I guess. Yeah. I, feel a little
2: right. feisty, uh, I had uh I had a match, an exhibition match against Gilly at one point in Cincinnati. And um we the guy, you know, we had organized to have this this exhibition match. We kind of negotiated with him separately. And then the guy, this is the only time this has happened. The guy, the guy decided he wanted to write up a contract to send to us to like sign for, you know for how much our fees were and just like what our responsibilities were while we were there and stuff. Normally it's like, okay, you're doing an exhibition. Like, yeah. okay, we'll see you, see you on Tuesday or whatever. Um, so the guy sends us this email and I don't know if he, I can't decide if he was doing this on purpose to like get <laughs> us piled up. <laughs> so he sent us an email with, with our contracts, but he sent <laughs> both of us at the same time with both of our contracts. And <laughs> so, so I'm making like twice as much as what Gilly's making for this exhibition. Well, yeah. we show up, we show up, and Gilly's like, he, Gilly, you can just see he's already pissed, and he's like, he, and uh, I was good buddies with him, so he's like, he's like, I hate this, this this guy, like, like you know, he's just fuming that we're not being treated <laughs> like we weren't being paid the same. Um, so then we get there, and the guy says, guy says, okay, guys, I've got a, I've got an announcement. You know, I've been to a bunch of exhibitions. I want to see, I want to see some real squash. You know, like we want to see it be a little bit, you know, I don't want, I don't want exhibition watch So, and he pulls out this watch, this like really nice, like thousand dollar, thousand dollar tog, tog higher watch. And he goes, whoever wins, whoever wins the exhibition, you know, I'm going to give you this watch. And so, and so Gilly, <laughs> Gilly, Gilly it just, it just infuriates him more. Like he's, he's, I uh, he's just like, I can't, I can't believe this guy. So we end up playing, we decide we we decide that we're gonna play two out of three for the watch, and then we'll finish the exhibition. So it's not like it's not as intense, but it's still intense. So first two games, they're like 35 minutes, you know, like bru- like 20 minute first game, 15 minute second game. I end up beating him two zero. So I get the watch. <laughs> <laughs> then he wins the next two games, and then and then I beat him in the fifth. And he, I mean. <laughs> He was, he. I mean, got to look, look at, it. got to I look at the it.
0: rankings though. You know, your ranking was what? was probably at least 25 spots ahead of his, uh, at, at its peak. So, I mean, you know, it does, it, you put a lot of time in to get that ranking up there. So, you know, that's what your, your match fee has got to be reflective of that surely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, But it's still, yeah. I mean, it's, you can see. And I think that's what, that's like, I think that's appropriate. Like, all this, you know, you look at the time and I think that's what drives people like similar to what we talked about in the beginning, you know, losing, losing rivalries. You got, you got to build that up in your mind to, to motivate yourself. Um, you know, I mean, even, even the, the best guys in every sport, like, I mean, Nick Matthew, he's not a nice, he's not a nice guy on court, you know, like I played him, I played him one time and, and, uh, you know, I was pissed afterwards cause he like, he was pushing me, he pushed me into the wall really hard one time. Like, um, did you go down? Did you dive? No, was I you- didn't dive, but I was like, I was like, turn around, I was like, what's, you know, and I had like won the first game. And, and so he, you know, he started getting mad at me, you know, like to fire himself up and, yeah. and that's what, that's what guys do. They're going to find some, they're going to find some sort of enemy, whether it's the ref, whether it's the other player they're going to find some reason to like motivate themselves if they're feeling like they're not playing well. Um, and, and that's just, that's the reality of, of it, whether it's, you know, I don't know, maybe a Saul is a little bit over the top, over the line and over the top, but, um, you know, I, I think you can't really fault. You can't really fault sports guys when they're, when they're, when they are aggressive. I don't think in my opinion, um, too much. You like so, a
0: lot of the time it's not
2: it's not as uh it's not always as it seems. It's it's that
0: they're, you know, they're trying to find an extra edge or you know they're, they're feeling a bit flat and they need something to uh yeah to motivate themselves. So, but yeah, there is there's definitely a line, isn't there? And yeah,
2: trust you're you're the you're the stats guy, right? Well, it depends what you want to know. <laughs> how do you, how do you even look up like how do you find stats head to head of of uh? You know, one player versus another player, all that kind of stuff. Because I'm pretty sure I'm I'm fairly confident in this, but I'm not 100 percent sure because because I, I could also see myself just blocking out a loss. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that I am probably the only person in the world who's one and 0 against Marwan Shorbagi and one and 0 against Muhammad El Shorbagi. Like uh, un- unbeaten uh, against them. Decent.
1: That's if that's true, that's a that's that's a good stat. Yeah. Um, I got him at the right time. I got, got, him, a, I got you, him
0: at the right time. You got out at the right time as well. I got out at the right time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, how old were these guys when you... when you?
2: <laughs> uh, Muhammad, Muhammad. actually, it was the week before he... Remember when he went on that run in the World Open where he like took out Thierry? 2018.
0: 2008.
2: Oh, sorry, 2008, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was like I beat him in the, I think, Saudi qualifying the week before. Um, probably probably yeah. what spurred him on. Potentially.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, because I remember I remember getting to the match and like everyone was like, Oh, this kid's really good. Like this is, you know, and I played, you know, like I was nervous, you know, I knew he was good. I played well. I beat him. Um, and then and I was supposed to play I played Joey Barrington the next day. And we arrived. It was at his dad's school, whatever wherever that yep. is. Hillfield. Uh, yeah. And we arrived the next day and and it was like twenty degrees hotter. Uh,
1: like, turn, turn the
2: Cranked hot. like, <laughs> it up. On, on to Jonah's uh, Jonah liked the hot court as well didn't he Pretty yeah got it figured out um and then I beat uh I beat Marwan in Hong Kong uh and I'd I'd played and he was ner- he was really nervous I'd I'd played in Switzerland and uh, won a tournament there flown flown overnight and arrived like late to Hong Kong and I was playing the next day and I just remember all the Egyptians were like you arrived last night like <laughs> what are you doing
1: Confident, yeah. <laughs> no, and no, it, was, it, was it was actually it worked out well
2: because he was like he mm-hmm. was nervous. He was, you know, like he was still young enough. I think we were about the same ranking, um but I was, you I was, yeah, probably, I would.
1: You could probably find out if you on on squash info, but you need um, you have to get like a an account so that you can go on squash info and look up like like, like the latest tournaments and stuff. But now they put a lot of stuff behind a paywall. It's not. I, I haven't got one, but it's, it's not very expensive. And that's,
0: I think you'll be able to get head, head, heads, 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 heads there. You guys, like, to get a, my...
2: you guys need to get a squash tourist. Just so to well, I think, just, well,
0: just mm-hmm. happens to have a uh, photographic memory, though, so it's, it's fine. Um, I, but... I,
1: I, I have a good habit of remembering stuff that is completely useless to me in the real world. Uh, but, but I can remember it. You Yeah, know, for you know podcast like this, I'm, I can Yes, it's, quite, quite, it's niche. Probably enough. the only time it's ever useful. Then, the, then there's other stuff in my life which I should really remember that would be useful, and, I, and I'm terrible. I have to write everything down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, that brings us on nicely yeah. to uh, the uh, the feature, the Eleven Love. So, so somewhat quick fire. We actually got a few questions here, Jules. Um, so I'll start off. quick, quick uh, Quickish, yeah. Um, number one, the uh, the most influential coach that you've had or you had in your career.
2: Ooh, um, that's a good question. Probably, I mean, my first coach, Khalid Mir, was pro- is probably. I mean, he got me most of the way. Um, so I would say, I would say him. I mean, yeah, I think, I think if you have a first coach that coaches you for. 10 plus years, it's hard, hard to, hard to replace that.
0: Yeah. Is he, is he still work? Is he still in squash? He still- he, he's, he's still, he's like
2: 85 age? or something. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, but he still would be if he could, you know, he's, he, yeah. he loves it. But I had, dude, I had this like old school Pakistani squash forehand, like elbow way up, like racket turned over, like, well, be, get get the analysis of that for the next uh, blog. But the risk, the wrist dude. They're like that's all they emphasize when you're a kid. Is like, is like
0: strong wrist, strong wrist, strong wrist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, the uh, the biggest chopping that you've had on a squash court, and and by who?
2: Oh, obviously. God, um, I played. That's a good question. I don't know score wise what the worst one was, but. I played Thierry one time at TOC and I just felt so, I felt so out, outclassed. Like, like I, going into the match, I was like, Oh, like I'm playing well. This is, you know, I can get in here. I'd played him before where I I took a game off him um, and the ball was super, you know, sometimes you get a fast, a fast glass ball, like a fast white ball. Like there was a phase. I don't know. it, It feels like there's phases sometimes where the ball is just like, a batch comes out and they're just they're hot
0: yeah, yeah
2: and and we had this fastball and he was just pummeling it like two three inches above the the tin these flat flat lengths to the back and it was just like like after like three points i was like holy crap what am i gonna do like you i couldn't can't limit, couldn't get, couldn't get your volley dropping can't play I mean, it it's coming so fast <laughs> me that like like and low and and you know, it's just like, there's no, there's no time. I'm never going to have time to get on the ball. Like if someone could take time away from me, that was, that was how I was. That's, that's when I would really get outclassed by the top guys when I just felt like I was being rushed, which is common for everybody. But, um, you know, when I had time on the ball, I I was pretty accurate with my, with my spots.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good answer.
0: Um, the, and the three, the, uh,
2: the best match of your career is if there is one that sticks out ah uh, yeah the only the only one time that i played shibana um and it wasn't in a psa it was in a invitational in new york um and i i just had this epic match with him it was like it was so good it was so awesome i ended up losing 11-9 in the 5th but it was and it was like you know he wasn't going full intensity psa like he had another level up for sure which, which he rarely showed, but it was like the winner of our match got like 1500 bucks more. So it was, you know, he wasn't not trying. Um, but it was just like slightly like he's, his, his intensity, you know, all those guys have, have one half gear up when it's, when it's, uh, you know, on the line. But I just remember I played really well, like, and there's like no lets in the, you know, it's just like clean squash, really fun. I was moving well, which for me is like, feels like that's the biggest component of playing well is if you move well you know you're there in time and you're you're in a good position to hit the ball i could always hit the ball if i was there it's just um you know so that one really sticks out to me as and such a pleasure like i just yeah. he was one of the guys i had never played he's probably one of the only of that era he was like the one guy that i hadn't played in psa so it was it was really fun to to play that match
0: yeah to be on court and winning games against uh, a legend like that's got to got to feel good yeah. yeah. Uh, Number four, the uh, your favorite person to to room or tour
2: with. Ooh. Uh. Probably Kempy. Kempy and I would uh <laughs> would room together all the time by the end. Um. But I also roomed with Coppinger for a little while. Uh, at a bunch of tournaments. Um. Yeah. Uh. Simpo a couple times. I mean, yeah but i think kempy and i were in a similar like we would go to the pro, the, the large tournaments and be roughly the same seating you know like if we won the first round we'd be happy kind of thing um yeah. you know just it was a good a good fit and we were playing a lot of the same tournaments for for a little while yeah all good guys
1: all good
0: guys good yeah. guys
2: yeah thought provoke thought provoking chaps all of them um
0: <laughs> in different ways <laughs> <laughs> um Number five, any particular? Well, we've already touched on it slightly, but uh, bad experiences on tour
2: that stick out. Um, I don't know if any any really terrible experiences on tour. Um, obviously, there's always a little bit of travel woes and stuff, but th- those are, in some ways, that's kind of like, you know, like you go on a long hike and it kind of sucks during the hike, but then afterwards you like you look back on it fondly, you know, it's, it's, uh, so I think that most, most of the the downs on tour, you know, you look back on them fondly, you know, it's like, those are some of your strongest memories, um, often. So yeah. All part part of the journey, all part of the journey And, and losing, you know, it sucks in the, in the, in the time, but ultimately I think being resilient and, and dealing with losses and not having it really affect you is, is part of being successful in in life and particularly in in you know sport. Oh, been bloody successful then. <laughs> <laughs> should write a book, Chaz. <laughs>
0: Could write a book on that. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, um, number six. Uh, what's what? A uh, sporting event would you most like
2: to uh, to be a
0: spectator at?
2: Hmm. Uh, I think probably world cup finals with, with a team that I was, you know, with a USA in there or, um, or an England in there. England. Um, won't, won't,
1: that won't happen then.
2: <laughs> that's never going to happen. Uh, alternatively, I mean, I think getting, being at like a, a game seven NBA finals with the trailblazers, I would, I would be really, really, really excited for that. Is that your, t- is that, that's my, that's, that you, that's the Portland, Portland, Portland trailblazers. But, that,
1: but is basketball yeah. is basketball a sport that you follow of all the kind of the north like the american sports is basketball your
2: yeah not sure. baseball or yeah sure. yeah i mean i i like football but i'm i'm not like i'm not a diehard fan of any team you know but yeah. I, I like watching it but nba it's like i'm i've got a mls
1: you portland have got an mls team haven't they
2: yeah timbers yeah, i went yeah, to sure. their i went to their opening opening match opening season game a couple of days ago
1: yeah is that uh is that the ground that's right next to the mac as well or is that that is that was the football that's the football team yep. yeah
2: yeah and it's yeah. pretty good i mean they have a pretty good like they sell out it's a pretty good atmosphere but um I, I don't know it's it still feels a little bit like i mean i've been to some some games in europe it just has a different vibe a little bit um
1: yeah yeah did uh, the uh, Toronto Toronto FC the season starts soon so I'm going to try and get down to a match trying to get down to a match there but I'm not expecting as much of an atmosphere or the same atmosphere that I used to in, in England because just it's a different culture
2: really yeah
0: yep that's that's why the Premier League so uh, so liked over here now I think um, going on to number uh Number seven, the favorite your favorite squash uh, event that you were part of. Obviously you're part of or you know, playing for the national team, college squash, PSA,
2: world teams. Um yeah, that's a good question. I don't I, I think they all have
1: Pro Squash Tour. PST. P- PST.
2: PST. <laughs> those, were, those were interesting. Those were that was that was a fun diversion. It like a little mini mini uh, tour kind of golf, golf scenario there. <laughs> uh regular <laughs> yeah. tour. Um, I think, I mean, the most emotionally charged situations are, are college and, and world team stuff or, um, you know, Pan American stuff playing for team USA. Those are definitely, you're more emotional in those situations than you are in a PSA match. Sometimes a PSA match, you can get emotional and you can, you know, it can get intense, but it's, it's not a it's not an intense, you know, it's, it's just a different vibe. It's not the same level of intensity and it's not a team. You're not getting it from all, all sides. Um, so, you know, I think college squash was, was very rewarding. You know, it's, it's a very, just being in a team atmosphere and, um, kind of band of brothers kind of style. And, and it's just, it's, it was very, uh, a great experience so i I would go with that
0: awesome uh, the number where are we number number eight why should uh American players think about playing the p s a tour either before or after or most likely after college i guess
2: I think it's a you know it's a it's a a great opportunity and it's a great way to to see the world get a little bit more you know to to basically avoid having to, to go directly into adult life, you know, in some ways, um,
0: <laughs> then what <then more> perspective,
2: <laughs> you know, it's like they're obviously if you're, if you're training and taking it seriously, you're, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a job, but it's, it's not the same as a nine to five job. That's for sure. Uh, and with, with the, with the support U S squash gives now it's pretty viable. And, and, you know, you have a lot of support built in which, which we didn't have back then, but um, you know, it's, it's, if you're at a good enough level, then it's, it's a very, I mean, you see all these guys coming from Harvard, they're not us players, but you see all these, all these guys come from Harvard and they're graduating and they're, you know, they're, they're playing already at a top 30 standard you know, yeah. and then, and then quickly making inroads up. Um, So I, I mean, if you're, if you're not at that level, like let's say you're playing number, number six for, for, uh, you know, Yale and, and you're playing at a 200 standard, maybe that's a different conversation. There's still some value in, in going for it, but um, you know, I think the challenge is getting to that level as a 21 year old is yeah. is not easy, you know.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, number nine. Uh, what can squash learn from uh, pickleball? Obviously, pickleball's taken off, and uh, some squ- squash people are getting quite threatened by it. But uh, what,
2: what can we actually learn from their events? And oh, well, from their events, it's the events are are I think are pretty terrible. You know, the, some of the some of the new events that they're televising. I mean, it's, it has some appeal. It's got some team aspects to it and stuff. But you show up to a pickleball tournament and there are no, there's very few amenities. It's like you show up and there's like some water and, you know, it's like, it's almost, it's like, it's, it's like a cult following. Like people just want to be there. Like, okay. you know, talk about, you know, like us traveling to these small PSAs where they don't, you know, they don't pull out all the stops for you. And it's sort of like, they can like you, like Trussell said, like they like treat you badly, and you're still going to come to them.
1: Basically, like describing an abusive much, relationship. There's
2: so much demand and so many people that want to play and play tournaments, and that they don't really have to roll out the red carpet. It's just sort of like, oh, we have courts, we have, you know, some organization. Here's some water, and you know, it's like <laughs> there you go. Like uh, the weather's good. The weather's good. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's. I think what you can what you can take from it is that if people want to play something, if people enjoy, and if it's approachable and and easy, then people will do it. Right. If it's if it's easy and rewarding and fun to people, um, then people will do it. Squash is none of those. It's not easy. It's only rewarding if you're good. It has a brutal learning curve. You can't scale the courts. You know you can't if like if all of a sudden you had like you know 5000 people that wanted to come and play a tournament like you could never do that it's impossible you can't you can't just like temporarily create you know 50 yeah. courts yeah so it's it can only be played in a few small dense locales where they have that infrastructure and that infrastructure is is under pressure around the world so it's you know the US is probably the only place where it's really safe because there are so many institutions that have courts where it's not profit-driven as its motivation for having the courts, whether it's a university or a private club. Um, you know, those courts are generally safe. Yeah, keep it niche, I guess. Just, just like this.
0: Uh, <laughs> the uh, your your favorite, uh, favorite well, it could be current or um, maybe current and ever player to watch
2: squash play uh i mean i think my my favorite player ever i mean the easy answer is shibana of course uh but i really like jonathan power even though like even though i can't do anything that he does and i and i almost like you know like some people i feel like there's a whole canadian generation that wanted to play like him and just try even though they can't and they're like, screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to sure. do it. I'm going to try this stuff. Um, You know, and I, I definitely would try some of the stuff, but then I'm like was switched on enough to know the like, Oh, that's not ready. Like, I'm, I can't do that. Let's, <laughs> let's just tone it back. Let's, you know, just take little, little pieces of what he does. But I think he's probably, I think power is maybe the most impressive squash player I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause Shabana is like, I know exactly what Shabana is doing. He's just, like I'm doing what Siobhan is doing, but just not as well. You know, it's like yeah. hit the ball down the, lo- the wall, look for the volley, play a great straight drop or a cross court, Nick, you know, <laughs> like
0: simple, if you really do
2: that perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. You are the best player in the world. Whereas power is just like disrupting the person's movement and, and like delaying and, and just like, it must've been so fun for him to play, to just destroy people destroy their legs, destroy their movement, you know, make somebody who moves really well, look like ordinary and, and slow and terrible. Like that must be, I mean, that, that's really fun. I mean, you all, you, you get out there with like an A player, like a club, a player, and it's like, you feel like your, your shots are unbelievable. <laughs> you're so tricky. You know, it's like, that's what he was doing to players that were top 10 in the world. Yeah. Which is, which is unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. Um, and number 11, finally, the, uh, any tips for, uh,
2: juniors out there in, in getting recruited to college? Uh, yeah, I mean, be, be proactive, be, be assertive, reach out to the coaches early and, um, you know, give yourself the best, best opportunity, um, by, by getting on their radar early and being, um, you know, not waiting until the last minute because, you know, like you don't want a coach doesn't want somebody like who emails them in the very last minute and says, you know, it kind of looks desperate. Hey, I need to, I'm interested in playing squash. You know, (laughs) they want, they want people who want them like, like everything in life, you know, you want, you want people who are genuinely, um, genuinely interested in your programs and, and, uh you know are not kind of settling for you or in it for themselves know. just in it for themselves yeah so i mean
0: any more specific questions just come directly to you Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it college squash
2: insiders college squash insiders yeah <laughs> and pretty fun it's it's a really fun you know considering that me and my partner ben are on court most of the time ben i mean ben manages a, a high school team so he's not physically on court that much, but, um, it's a good, it's a good change up. It's a, it's just something that it also keeps me kind of engaged with, with having conversations with other people on the East coast, other squash, people involved in squash. So it's, it's fun. It's, it's a catch up opportunity, but also, you know, and, and a, a chance to, to earn some income without, you know, running around, um, or just being, you know, being behind the glass at squash court all day. So, um it's been fun well unfortunately
0: i've i've got to run around and i've got to be behind the glass (laughs) uh i don't want to be late don't want to be late for your lesson (laughs) uh it's a shame because i feel like there's more to explore here so maybe we'll have to do a part two to this but um but yeah jules thanks thanks for your your time thanks for coming on um yeah thanks for having me on guys it was fun to catch up you too and uh yeah we'll uh We'll put this out, but like I say, it was that was fun. Maybe maybe there could be a part two here. You did press record. You did press record, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Looks like there's still some still just enough space on the uh computer. Space on the hard drive.
2: (laughs) Did you did you upgrade to to, uh zoom zoom pro or whatever to like to be able to go past 45 minutes? That's that's a big step. Oh yeah, you have to. Yeah, this is costing me
0: 15 bucks a month. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: he's got a microphone, so you know. Good to see you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Jules. Bye.
0: A great catch up there with Jules and Mr. Trusswell. We really are taking advantage of the uh, premium Zoom subscription in uh, some of these episodes, getting well over 90 minutes. Uh, if we had any better editing skills, then we probably may have cut it slightly shorter than that. Hope you enjoyed it anyway, nevertheless. And if you, as always, if you know someone that might enjoy it, feel free to pass it on. Next episode should be with Joel making. He's currently on a great run at the Black Ball Open, so uh, I think we'll forgive him for uh, not wanting to use his mornings and chatting to us and actually get some practice and work on his body. So uh, anyway, I'm sure that'll be a good one when we get it recorded.